Hi, and welcome to another podcast from The Human Diver, where we are looking to apply counter-errorism techniques in diving. By that we mean human factors and non-technical skills. Our goal is to give you the knowledge and skills so that your dives are safer and more enjoyable. The podcast is a mixture of short podcasts based on the blogs we have, and longer podcasts, which will be interviews or discussion topics. Show notes will be provided so you can dig deeper if you want. Ready to jump in? This is a blog that Nick Emery from the Fifth Point Dive Center, one of our previous graduates of the Human Factors in Diving course, had written talking about her experiences of developing psychological safety within their dive center, highlighting that this isn't an abstract concept and there isn't a silver bullet, but rather it takes self-reflection, time and commitment to make it work. They've been quietly building a culture of psychological safety in the team at the Fifth Point since 2021, when they first fell down the rabbit hole that is the human diver. I say quietly because it's not one of those things where you can just send a memo out and boom, everything changes. It takes a lot of conscious effort, understanding and awareness from those that want to develop it. Building this into your team is a long game. It only gets better with time. They've made progress because Nick's fellow team leaders were on board straight away. Laura had been drip feeding aspects of human factors in diving to them long before they even realized. And when Nick and her partner finally cottoned on that this was something really special, the wheels were well and truly in motion. It started slowly. They used the same drip feed tactic with the rest of the team. Plus, they were learning how to apply these new ideas themselves. They were discovering new things all the time and improving their own understanding of human factors. The biggest and best change Nick made was to start being vulnerable. Instead of trying to hide her mistakes, she talked openly about them. She started asking for feedback. She started asking for help. Over time, this rubbed off and she could see others doing the same with lots of reflection taking place. This was the first seeds of psychological safety sprouting. This year, Nick wanted to more formally introduce the team to human factors stuff rather than covertly using it on them. It was time to share the secret source. They had a good enough understanding to start explaining it to others. Nick had planned a training day where they'd go over the debrief model and discuss things like halt and pace moments and why we use them. Then at the start of this season, just before they were due to have their team shake down, a post popped up on the Human Factors in Diving Facebook group. It was from Gareth Locke and said, if you are a leader within a dive center or training organization and think you've got a team or organization with high levels of psychological safety, ask this question and see how your team responds. What have we been pretending not to know? If you get a whole load of honest, critical, and sometimes uncomfortable answers, then you've got it. If it all goes quiet, well, I know some teams or organizations I've been in would go very quiet if that was asked. Even worse would be if one of the team asked that question to the leader. Nick thought it was the perfect opportunity to see how far they'd come, so she asked the question. To her delight, there was no silence. And interestingly, some of her teammates' interpretations of what are we pretending not to know were completely different to hers. She saw it as sticking her head in the sand, overlooking things and bending the rules, but others saw this as a more positive thing, holding back knowledge or mentioning achievements, being humble when it benefited the situation. Exploring the perceptions of others is cool. It opened up a really frank discussion and highlighted a list of things they could change to improve communication, safety and organization within their operation. A few of the things they discussed included potential issues on snorkeling trips. The team didn't feel in control of their groups because it was hard to identify their snorkelers in a sea of people wearing exactly the same kit. 
They also discussed the burden placed on individual team members. For example, one of their team is so fantastic at solving kit-related issues that they're overwhelmed at dive sites fighting fires and fixing problems. It's hard for them to concentrate on their own divers. As well as that, being aware of the authority gradient that exists between staff and customers was mentioned. The team felt this was preventing divers from voicing their concerns and or making poor decisions. And finally, they talked about feeling unsure of the boundaries between guiding and instructing. The team had witnessed some inappropriate and potentially unsafe behavior, but didn't feel they could correct the divers or coach them because they were fun divers rather than students. The first two points were an easy fix. They bought a load of colorful rash vests so different snorkel groups could easily be identified. They worked on a different kit packing system that allowed all of the team to have the required information to hand and not rely on just one person. The second two points were more challenging. In order to solve these issues, Nick realized they had to introduce the idea of psychological safety to their divers. Growing this culture within their staff team took time, even though they're all on the same page, work together regularly and know each other well. Getting to this level with customers is a whole different ball game. The dynamics are constantly changing and the team members change regularly because the relationships are different. But Nick knew they had to try and she was glad the team picked up on it after an aborted dive. At the end of last season, they took a bunch of fun divers out to the farns. The weather was poor, the water conditions sketchy, but their skipper reckoned they could find somewhere suitable to dive. So off they went to scope it out. They had a mixture of divers on board from salty sea dogs to green, quite literally it was choppy newbies. They found a suitable spot, there were even divers jumping in from another boat, so it was definitely diveable. It was still pretty rough, and the way the tides were running meant that they only had a limited area to dive, stray too far in any direction, and the current would kick them into the big swell. There was a risk that getting back on the boat could be a nightmare. So the should we or shouldn't we debate between the staff began. In these situations, Nick always errs on the side of caution. Her gut feeling was not to dive. She doesn't like to dive with bad jujus and the conditions of the day coupled with a recent scary experience she'd had with this particular site were making her uncomfortable about taking divers in. She often feels that she's overcautious and her team balance her out when needed. But today they all agreed that it wasn't safe to dive. It was then her job to break the news to their divers. She explained their reasoning and the general feeling in the group was that they agreed. They headed back into Seahouse's harbor and on the way back, Nick was mulling over the fact that none of their divers said anything at any point about how they felt. There were definitely looks of relief on some faces when she told them they wouldn't be diving. So why didn't anyone speak up beforehand if they were uncomfortable with the conditions? If they had decided to jump in, how many would have followed even though they didn't really want to? She asked a few divers about this when they got back on dry land. It was clear that the authority gradient and lack of psychological safety between the staff team and customers was preventing them from speaking up. The new divers didn't really comprehend that it wasn't safe to dive. They would have followed the guides if they jumped in because they don't have the experience yet, but they were nervous about it. The more seasoned divers didn't speak up because they didn't want to be the ones chickening out, they genuinely thought their experience was suitable for the conditions or there was some sunk cost fallacy coming into play. This is why they knew they needed to create psychological safety within the customer and staff team. It wasn't okay for their divers to feel like they can't speak up, but in their shakedown meeting, they were at a bit of a loss for how to make it happen. Nick reckoned that the best place to start 
was for the team to be vulnerable to the customers. If they can see that even if we make mistakes, then it's okay for them too. The team were concerned that if they started to model vulnerability in front of customers, they could be seen as inept. While Nick disagreed with this, probably because she's become very used to being vulnerable, she understood that she needed to help her team navigate this. Rather than taking a drip feed approach this time, she decided to make it very obvious to their customers that they were in a psychologically safe environment. She didn't necessarily need them to understand the whys and the hows, she just needed them to know that it's okay to speak up. The conversations they have later will inevitably lead to them talking more about human factors in diving, but for now she just wanted them to feel empowered. Nick wanted it signposted, she wanted to shout from the rooftops about it, she wanted them to know. So she designed an eight foot high display right next to their training tank where every single customer would see it. Every diver comes into their training tank, whether a student or a fun diver. The seeds are sown and they'll work out how best to apply everything as they go along, just like they did in the staff team. The foundations are there to start having open conversations and being vulnerable. They've still got a long way to go with it and they've got plans to share the secret sauce with divers too. But just like it did with the staff team, it's gonna take a while to create this culture with the customer team. If you like the idea of the display, you can download the design from the link in the show notes to use as you need. There are templates for posters and postcards and editable illustrator files to allow you to create any size display. Good things come from asking hard questions. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you'd like to know more about what was discussed in this episode, head over to the Human Diver website at thehumandiver.com where you will find details about our education programs the If Only documentary, the book Under Pressure, and the many, many blogs we have published there. If you think others should listen and learn, consider sharing the link. Thank you.